Hello everyone, welcome back to the show after a big hiatus. Some of you may have seen a recent post I put up on social media explaining that I have been really, really sick for, well, I guess since I made the last podcast, so maybe four or five weeks ago. And if you didn't see the post, well, welcome back, and I've been really sick. And I wanted to share in this episode more about what has happened to me, because it has been um, an, a sickness and an illness that has actually come from a healing um, attempt that I made. And it is so funny and coincidental because functional spirituality is about the unnecessary injuries and pitfalls that are so common on the spiritual path and the healing path. And here I am having suffered such a huge (laughs) injury. And I don't know if I would call it a pitfall. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that word means, but it seems like something you could avoid. Um, And I'm sure there would be some way for me to have avoided this. But yeah, I want to share all the gritty details about what my illness was, and um, also about um, the first-hand experience of someone who was experiencing um, like a debilitating chronic kind of illness. And um, yeah, so what my experience was and what was really helpful for my community and what wasn't helpful for my community and that has been such an eye opener for me. I'm I'm very interested on in, on in how to be trauma informed, and that's a um, po- very popular term, but it's and you know broad term with many different meanings. But for me, it still ha- holds a meaning that's really close to my heart. Um, that being trauma informed um, is about having an intention and an intelligence about how to not do further harm and how to not do harm to our community. You know, when it comes to our community, we sincerely do not want to do harm. We sincerely want to be beacons of support and health and healing and safety. Um, It feeds and nourishes us so much. There's such a deep generosity inside of us when it comes to our community, Um, deeply nourishes us. And of course, deeply supports people around us. So we want that so much. And I'm so interested in that. And having this um, illness has really opened my eyes to a couple more things that I would love to share with you. And that can hopefully um, bring you a bit more information and inspiration about how to support people who are sick around you. Okay, so the first thing is what happened to me. So um, some of you might be aware that I have been dealing with a chronic digestive issue for a couple of years. Um, My digestion was um, okay for my whole life. It hasn't been the best. I haven't had the strongest constitution. I've had um, 
you know, I, it was always easy for me to get sick. I was a C-section baby. I've never really had a very strong gut. Um, but a couple of years ago, around the time that I was suffering really bad PTSD, a lot of my systems also declined in their functionality. So my, so my hormones um, and my feminine cycles of energy really um, got chaotic and out of balance. And ever since I had my first period, I have had an irregular cycle and PCOS and things like that. So again, it's never been too strong to begin with. Um, but the endocrine system and then also the digestive, digestive system really went downhill. And it's um, never picked back up, even as I healed so much of my emotional body and found this way deeper integration and connection with myself that was completely missing that led to me having such a burnout. Um, my digestive issues haven't improved, at least symptomatically. And last year, I tested myself for a digestive issue called SIBO. S-I-B-O, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which apparently is a very common condition that people have and is very, very underdiagnosed. It's diagnosed through a breath test. It's something that I, you know, read about in a book and I thought, you know, I did a quiz in a book and it said, you might have SIBO and I, you know, I tried it out. So no naturopath, not any of the millions I've seen, no acupuncture, none of the four I've seen, none of my GPs, um, no one ever recommended to get a SIBO test. That's something I, um, I took to my GP. I was like, look, I'm thinking of doing this. She was like, go for it. Bring me back the results and we can see what to do. So lo and behold, had a very severe case of SIBO. And what that means is basically bacteria. Um, that normally are housed in, the, or a simple way, a layman's way, the, the way I understand it is that bacteria that normally is supposed to be installed in your large intestine and in our colon, we're supposed to have a huge population of bacteria. Um, some of that goes and lives in the small intestine where we're supposed to be assimilating nutrients. And if we have bacteria growing there, and if we have an overgrowth, it does very many terrible things to the digestion. And one of the biggest ones is bloating. But when the digestion is inhibited, especially if you have a severe case, strongly inhibited digestion, you get all kinds of other health complications. Um, I used to have allergies, but that has gotten a lot better, but definitely had severe bloating, um, not able to digest food properly, not able to have a proper appetite, was underweight and malnourished, basically. Um, and, you know, a couple of other gross things as well related to poop. There's a few different types of um, bacterial overgrowth. Different ones can do different things, but most of all, they basically just mess with your gut in a big way. So I had that and um, I, so I tried antibiotics with my GP and um, it didn't quite work. I'd seen a naturopath. Um, they did, they weren't a specialist and they kind of just took me around in circles. My GP told me as well, she's like, look, I'm not a special in this, definitely can give you 
I had basically done more research into SIBO than she had done. And she was flat out told me that and said, look, I'll give you the antibiotics. You can try them out. And they didn't do anything too bad, um, but they also didn't quite work. And um, so I ended up um, in April starting a protocol with a healer that was super, she came again, highly recommended. Um, and I, I, she'd been recommended to me from, um, back, you know, six months prior, but I I had never really, um, taken on board the recommendation, but I, I did eventually. And I went to see her and she was very, very confident. She was like, we are a hundred percent going to get you back on track. I know exactly what you need. So used all of those words and she was just really confident and I liked what she was saying. She was talking about like it doesn't matter how much you are relaxed in your emotional and mental health, your body's malnourished so you're in fight or flight and you need to heal that and a couple of other things that really resonated. Some things didn't resonate. Things like I know 100% what is wrong with you and 100% what to do and kind of had like was a very yang approach and was very confident and um, wasn't very much, you know, inquiring into my intuitions and or anything like that. But I was happy with that. I was happy with the level of confidence. So I started a protocol and the it started with a two week detox and um, a food plan and things like that. And Long story short, I I started the detox and I, at the end of that, I ended up getting really, really sick and had, um, a, like a pretty bad episode of what could look like a healing crisis. So like severe fevers, really bad abdominal pain um, really bad body aches, but probably a bit more than a healing crisis. Like it was really, really, really bad. And even the, um, facilitator was like, stop everything. This is something else kind of thing. And, um, so I stopped everything for a couple of days and I slowly kind of came out of it, but was still feeling really nauseous and had a really bad headache and really bad fatigue, like could not move. And then the recommendation was just to keep going and to move on to the next step of the protocol. So yeah, long story short, over the next month, I kind of, maybe not the next month, maybe two, two weeks, I kind of went off and on like getting a little bit better and stopping and then getting really worse again and not really ever getting better. Um, So I was pretty much like, fully bedridden, couldn't work. I think I got out of bed and went to uh, work, whether it was something online or something I had to attend in studio. I think I had to do that like three or four times, but I was totally, totally um, unfunctional and in bed and really nauseous and um, yeah, just really, really sick. Like hadn't even told anyone about it, hadn't even told mom or dad, was just like, no idea what was going on. Um, and yeah, just kind of trying to just wait it out and thinking that it would eventually, it would eventually just go away because it was a healing crisis is kind of the impression that I was under. 
And then that kind of continued for the next two weeks or so. Um, and kind of pretty much just getting worse, even though it was already so bad to begin with, it kind of just wasn't getting better and starting to lose a lot of weight and, you know, obviously just having no energy from not being able to eat anything. And sometimes it'd be so bad, I'd just be like throwing up bile all night and in the morning. So it was like I had food poisoning for about four weeks. Um, I was supposed to help Chantel give her retreat. I had to cancel that. I also didn't know how I was going to be for the silent retreat that followed that. So I made the call um, to, well, I was either going to cancel it, but then luckily Jules was able to cancel her Bali trip and actually collaborated with me and helped me run the silent retreat and we shortened it from seven days to five days and I've just come out of that and that was absolutely amazing and I'm so glad we ran it. As soon as I knew that Jules could help me run it, I knew that it was going to be perfect and she could pretty much do everything if I needed her to and I could um, fill in the gaps as much as I could depending on how sick I was and I was just praying that I would get better so I could run more of it. And it was just perfect. I mean, everyone got two facilitators instead of one. It The retreat was just amazing. So I'm just so happy we ran that and so grateful for everyone that shared that experience with us. It was so, so good. Um, but yeah, prior to that, I had to actually just get my manager, Kate, from Spunda to ship me down to my mom's house. And that's where I am now, recording this from bed. And, um, yeah, I, just, I couldn't take care of myself at all. And um, my partner, Jared, is really, really busy at work because he just moved the entire brewery. So he was pretty much living at the brewery and I was dying at home and not able to take care of honey. So, yes, I had to be shipped out to Hospital Arusa. And just last Wednesday, I mean, this is the crazy part, like... If this can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. Last Wednesday, I spoke to a SIBO specialist. And isn't it crazy that after all this time, this is the first time I actually been to three healers and done so much other research and work. And this is the first time I actually spoke to a specialist in SIBO. I had to find her on Google. Everyone else was a referral, a highly recommended referral. And I finally went to an actual SIBO specialist and she just explained how everything I had done was backward. Um, the detox was backward. It was a really strong detox. Pulled all of the toxins out of my system. Did a great job at that, um, which is sometimes called phase one of liver detoxification. So it pulled everything out, but it didn't help with phase two. So when we're on a detox, all of the... Um, Toxins are pulled out of our tissues and then eliminated through our elimination pathways. But because my gut was already so weak from SIBO, it wasn't able to eliminate the toxins. And they pretty much just backed up in my digestive system, all got dumped in my blood and, and back into my bloodstream. So all, you know, from years of toxins pulled out and then just dumped into my bloodstream. 
And it poisoned me so strongly that my body, my nervous system, digestive system, immune system went into this very heightened state of shock. And that's why I was so nauseous and not able to eat. Um, And of course, so I was so nauseous and not able to eat because my digestive system was so sensitive because it was in this massive state of shock. But then the extreme fatigue, headaches, fevers were because I was actually, it was like I was, you know, food poisoned or drunk from all of these kinds of toxins. And not only that, but the bacteria, the overgrown bacteria, when it's feasting on food, it produces toxins. And the diet plan that I had been given was not a SIBO diet plan at all and was just fully feeding the bacteria as well. So now that I got clarity just last Wednesday after suffering for so long, um, I have some direction and I've made, you know, massive improvements. I'm probably functioning at maybe about 50% of my capacity that I was before, which is amazing because I've been functioning at like 5% and so uncomfortable and so sick. So it's, you know, a huge improvement to be doing what I'm doing now, which is simply just following a SIBO diet. And it's really restrictive, but it's not as restrictive as not being able to eat anything. So it's amazing and it's a luxury. Okay, happy to answer any questions about all of that, but I want to move on because I've already spoken so much about that story. I want to quickly cover about Yeah. Okay. So imagine this so fatigued, like can't even open my eyes. So nauseous, like, like when you have food poisoning, right? So imagine that, but for weeks and it's really hard to tell people that that's where you're at, because if you do it, it's going to incur a whole bunch of questions and a whole bunch of things that you, that I don't want. Um, So for example, at one point I was like, Jesus Christ, I need some long distance healing. So I got Meg to post up a story on my Instagram saying, you know, hey, I'm not well, please send some healing. And I got about 40 texts. And the ones that were really helpful were the ones that didn't require me to do anything. There were so many amazing messages. I mean, I was very clear with my request. I said, please send me healing energy and good vibes and love or something. So that was really clear, and I got a lot of those messages, like sending you healing vibes on it, sending you healing energy, like just well wishes, well wishes, well wishes, and that was, that's exactly what I wanted, and I visualized all of that, and I received that from the people, and that's what I asked for. And then there was a lot of messages that was like, what's going on? Are you okay? Do you have COVID? (laughs) Um do you need, you know, and then many, many um, recommendations about things that I should be doing. Hey, you need to check this out. Hey, listen to this. Hey, do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I also got a lot of messages saying, are you okay? And I mean, I'm sure many of the people who send me that are listening to this podcast right now. And there's absolutely no hard feelings about that. And that's something we've been told to ask people. But there's something that before you do anything, 
there's something else that needs to happen first. You gotta be, you gotta be with the person first. You gotta be with me first. And what we do when someone is not well, if someone's got a problem, if I've, if you've got a problem, if someone's got a challenge, the first thing we do is react to avoid the feeling of helplessness. We can't stand that someone is unwell or someone is helpless or if someone's unwell, we immediately feel helpless and we need to feel helpful. And that is so beautiful, but it can end up being unhelpful if we don't just be with the person first. Just try to feel them first. Just take a pause so that what you're doing is not reacting to your own fear of helplessness, which is one of the greatest fears a human being has. And it's very powerful to react to that very quick, very unconscious. Just try to be aware of that reactivity to avoid helplessness. Just try to be with me first. Just sense me for a second is going to greatly optimize the chances that your next steps will be helpful. And that's what we want. We want our steps not to cause cause harm. We want them to be helpful. It's not automatic. The way we react doesn't actually do that. And I mean, we were, we're told to ask people, are you okay? But if you do that to me, if I get 40 messages that say that, the fuck am I going to say? Yes? No? Like, how am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> Sorry, but I'm not okay. I'm seriously sick. Like, is that the message I'm supposed to reply? And I, um, I'm happy not to answer messages when I'm sick, you know? I'm strong like that or, you know, confident like that, that I don't need to do that and people will love me no matter what. But I just can't imagine how stressful that could be to someone who, you know, because I'm not a people pleaser and I'm very highly unagreeable by nature. Um, But people who are really agreeable, they're going to want to answer all of those messages and they're not going to be able to because they're so sick. That's going to be so overwhelming. And if you think about it, when we're sick, it is so unnatural to receive communication through a phone. So to receive like 40 messages could be really overwhelming for someone if they're not just, if they're, if they're demanding a response in any way and, or they're not demanding, but they're requiring a response in any way that could be really overwhelming. For me, it wasn't overwhelming. Like I said, I'm happy to just be an observer of, of the way that this event was unfolding. But that's not where it's very unnatural to receive a text message when you're sick. It can be the most healing thing. Having someone message you, are you okay, could be the most healing thing for some person. But you're going to need to pause first and just sense and feel what does this person need me to say? Like, that's the question we have to ask before we, yeah, follow that impulse to help. Because probably the impulse to help is conditioned by this fear of helplessness. And then when I got to Silent Retreat, you know, then there's a community of people and 
everyone there was the same energy, so willing to help. There's such, and I just saw it from the other side. I was like, oh my God, there's such a generosity in people. And, you know, some people might be saying, oh, you know, poor you, you've got so many people who love you. No problem with that. But I, and that's the great thing is I know everyone loves me. I know it's genuine love and I don't have to respond if I don't need to or want to or can because I'm so, so sick. Um, so, but yeah, just, it's actually just this generosity overflowing from everyone. But when it's face to face, imagine if it was face to face and you had 40 people at, you know, all saying stuff to you and you had to like answer them, it wouldn't happen. But when it's in person, that generosity, it is more naturally and easily helpful. Of course, we should still pause and think, does this person need another healer's name um, or something else? I mean, I've had some people force a healer on me, like make it super personal and like be really aggressive about it. Like there's, there's a variety of things. And for that person, um, absolutely no hard feelings. Like everyone's on a different level. I'm in a position where, you know, the, the kind of role that I have in the community is to be, um, someone who can witness behavior. Um, and you know, I have just such a deep understanding of the non-personal nature of all behavior and, you know, me and non-doership and, and things like that. Like, I don't believe anyone is to be blamed for their behavior. They're responsible for it. Um, but you know, I'm not blaming anyone for the way they're behaving. And, um, it's up to me about the ways that I want to communicate and respond to those things. Um, but yeah, there's so many different ways that people have reacted. And yeah, I hope that, um, I'm sure that gives a little bit of, a little bit to chew on, you know, about that reactivity and just about being able to pause and be with people first. And yeah, I appreciate all the generosity, all the love in all the ways it's come because all the questions that ask what's happening and are you okay? And, um, you know, all of the questions that weren't helpful for my nervous system, I still appreciate everything that everyone has reached out for me for because I know underneath that is a generosity and love and is a reminder that I'm connected to this community. So I have appreciated and loved that, but I've also been a keen observer of what actually helped my nervous system and, and what didn't do it any service at all. So that is my update. I have more to say on this. If you didn't read my post on social media, you can go to our Facebook group um, for functional spirituality and see that there. And I, yeah, have a little bit more to say on this topic. So I will see you in part two. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.